Good morning, Calvary Carlsbad. Happy Sunday to you. We are so happy that you joined us on our online YouTube journey. Uh, we got to meet this last week for our, our uh, midweek outside, and we're planning on getting the Sundays going. Uh, we'll see if it's for sure this week or if it's going to be next week, but just stay on with the uh, e-bulletin. We'll get it out to you, and that way you'll know, but it'll be outdoors to start with. It just makes life a lot easier. Um, but on, we did it on Wednesday, and it was so good being able to hang out together. So just stay up to date on that on our, uh, on our, through our eBulletin and through our Instagram, Facebook, and we'll, we'll kind of keep you up to date on that. So, well, we are in Ruth chapter 2 today. Ruth chapter 2. I am loving this book. I'm very much enjoying it. Uh, so let's get into it. Let's pray, and we'll start. Lord, we pray that you'd speak to us. Through your word, God, that you would, uh, we need to hear from you, Lord. Our whole world is nuts right now. It's crazy. And we believe that you have the answers. We believe that we can look to you to see how we're supposed to treat each other, where we're supposed to put our hope, how we're supposed to lean on you, and and what we're supposed to do. So, God, we pray that you would just uh, speak to us this morning. Give us wisdom. That is something you say to pray for and that you will answer and that you you will give it to us. We need it, God. Give us wisdom. Give us your love. Give us your grace and mercy for one another. And that we would be used in these times. As they're just so weird that you'd use us, God. For your glory. We know you can do it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So how we left off from Ruth chapter 1 is Ruth and Naomi have traveled from Moab uh, back to Bethlehem. And... They had left everything behind because, you know, going to Moab had not worked out well for Naomi. She was Jewish. She was Hebrew. And Ruth was a, was from Moab. And, and uh, Naomi had lost her husband. Then her two sons who had married, they had both died. Both of her sons had died. And all that she's left with now is one of her daughters-in-law, Ruth. And they've made it. And everyone recognizes that it's Naomi. But they have no money no provision. They're in a very bad way, ready to rebuild. So that's where we're at as we start off with chapter two. There was a relative of Naomi's husband, a man of great wealth of the family of Elimelech. His name was Boaz. This is important. This, this, we're going to introduce another character to the story and it's Boaz. And he's an extremely important character uh, man in this story. And he is a relative of Elimelech of some sort. Uh, it's a close relative. We'll see later on, probably a cousin of some sorts, whether a first or a second or not exactly sure, but, uh, they are related. And, um, that relationship means more than just a place to work or stay. You'll see there's more to it than that. Uh, so verse two, so Ruth the Moabitess said to Naomi, please let me go to the field and glean heads of grain after him in whose sight I may find favor. And she said to her, go, my daughter. Now, Ruth set out to look for the leftovers of the field, to glean what was left behind from the farmers. Now, there was stuff left behind for a purpose. This was uh, actually found in Leviticus chapter 19, verses 9 through 10, where the farmers of Israel, they should not completely, it was said they shouldn't completely harvest their fields, should leave the corners, um, 
left behind. And if they drop something to just leave it, this gave opportunity for the people who had nothing to still be able to survive. So this is Ruth's plan. I'm going to go uh, do the survival thing where I'm seeing if anything's left behind or if anything's been dropped and I can just take whatever I can get and bring it home. So we don't starve to death. So it's kind of, it's a really cool thing uh, that was set out in Leviticus. It, couple things. It definitely helps the farmers to be generous and to think, you know what? I don't have to have every last little bit. I don't have to take every last, I can leave some behind. It can bless someone else. And the other thing is it blesses people who have nothing. Uh, it should be noted that there was still an effort necessary for the person to go get it. They would go and they would do the work and, and, uh, they, but they'd have something to eat. So Ruth goes out this is really their only option. This is the only way that they could survive. But this was dangerous. Ruth was a foreigner. She was not, she's not one of the people, right? And she looked different and they could tell that. She dressed different. And uh, this is not safe. A woman on her own, especially one that doesn't belong to these people. She's out in the fields where anything could happen. So it's dangerous, desperate, but they have to do it. It's the only way to survive. So she was vulnerable, but you know, you got to eat. So verse three, then she left and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the family of Elimelech. Now behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said to the reapers, the Lord be with you. And they answered him, the Lord bless you. So uh, Ruth is going throughout all the fields and she happens to come across the field of Boaz. And so she just randomly ends up there and we kind of get a quick glimpse as to who Boaz is. He is one with his people, with his workers, and he comes and he immediately gives glory to the Lord. He says, the Lord be with you. And they answered him, the Lord bless you. This was probably something they did every time they saw each other. What a cool legacy. What a cool guy. We're going to see Boaz is awesome. He's a, such a cool dude and an awesome part of the story. So then Boaz said to his servant, who was in charge of the reapers and uh, whose young woman is this? So the servant who was in charge of the reapers answered and said, it is a young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. And she said, please let me glean after, uh, let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and has continued from morning until now, though she rested a little in the house. So Boaz knows his normal crew out there. Again, he's in touch with his people and uh, he notices this woman. She's an out of towner. He does not know her. He's like, where did she come from? But he notices her right away. And he's going to find out, you know, after he asks, he finds out this is actually someone he's related to uh, because he knows Naomi. He would know exactly who that was. And he's seen that Ruth is somebody that's uh, a hard worker and is taking care of. It's actually known at this point, taking care of his her mother-in-law when she didn't really even have to. So. Then Boaz said to Ruth, he approaches Ruth, which would probably be kind of scary for Ruth at the time. He says, you will listen, my daughter, will you not? Do not go to glean in another field, nor go from here, but stay close by my young women. Let your eyes be on the field, which they reap and go after them. Have I not commanded the young men 
not to touch you. And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink from what the young man have drawn. Boaz immediately tells her she's found her field. <laughs> this is where you need to be, okay? And uh, I forgot to mention actually the, the title for this message because we're going to see it throughout is where God guides, he provides. That's a well-known statement that came from Pastor Chuck Smith back in the day. I think it's from him originally, but um, where God guides, he provides. She's going to get start getting a real glimpse of provision here. Boaz says, don't just be out on the outskirts looking for little scraps. Stay right behind my, my girls, okay? And, I, and I've told the men not to give you a hard time. We don't know what Ruth looked like. There's a good chance she was beautiful, um, especially if he says the men won't give you a hard time because maybe they have been giving her a hard time uh, or, or he thought that they could be. He's like, just stick around here. Don't look for another field. This is your field. I'm going to take care of you. You'll be unbothered by all the forward men and you're going to be good. The boss said so. Trust me. I got you. Okay. So stay here. We'll take care of you. Okay. So she fell on her face, bowed down to the ground and said to him, why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me since I'm a foreigner? Ruth is in a position of ultimate humility and she shows how grateful she is. She has seen provision. She's seen that God has opened up a way. Remember she said when she came, she, she had left her other gods behind. She was following the God of Naomi. Your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. But this was a huge step of faith for her. And, and, and you see it right here. She says, how could you have even taken notice of me for I'm a foreigner? Foreigners don't generally get the benefit of the doubt. And people see it as, you're trying to take from our resources, you're trying to take from our people. Gosh, this is an issue, right? We see this in the world we're living in. Uh, so she notices, why are you looking at me? Like, why are you, why do you care about me? Why have you taken notice of me? Why are you being so kind to me? She just doesn't get it. Uh, it's a big, it's a big thing moving away from home. Definitely. And she was in, in need of someone who was willing to help to see beyond what was in front of them and see something more. Of course, Boaz, as soon as he heard Naomi, he knew there was more to the story. She has no clue what's really going on yet at this point. And I don't even know if Boaz fully knows what's going on, but he knew this was a relative and he wanted to take care of her. And he's showing her great favor, showing her great favor where God guides, he provides. And the provision of the Lord is uh, limitless. He can take care of us, right? We've talked about that so many times. The manna from heaven. I was just talking to my friend uh, this, this morning and we we're talking about um, like the children of Israel and they're running and they, they come to the sea and they look back and, and, uh, and salvation, it's, it says salvation yourself, like, look, your salvation is here. You're, you're good. Like watch, watch God provide, watch him take care of you. He's got it. And what does he do? He parts the sea and they go through your enemies that you see now. You're not going to see them tomorrow. They're not going to be here anymore, but I will be here and I will take care of you and I will provide Ruth is trusting in the Lord as she's moving forward. He is providing a way in spite of the odds. So she's very, very blessed by that. Um, 
Also, here's another thing as a foreigner, Boaz is actually the son of Rahab. Okay. So she is, uh, Rahab was a Canaanite, um, harlot. She's a prostitute, right? And she was a Canaanite harlot that was involved with the spies in Jericho and was faithful. And, and she's part of the hall of faith. And we're going to see that. And she ends up going back with, uh, uh, the spies and ends up finding a home there and and she's part of the people so Boaz probably understood what it was like to have foreign blood to know what that felt like he probably saw it with his mom and knew that, that was also rough um, so you know you have Rahab you have Ruth they're all going to be in the line of Jesus which is so awesome so awesome that uh, these are not like just pity stories this is God's grace God's mercy God's provision and God this is his plan for this where he guides though he provides and she's seeing that and she's seeing the favor of the Lord that's coming through his servant Boaz Boaz is wanting to honor the Lord so guess what his actions are honoring to the Lord that's important how do we honor the Lord with our actions well we honor the Lord with our life and then the actions follow how do we have you know do what the word says you read the word you spend time in the word how do we become, you know, those who move in power? You pray. And as you pray, the Lord hears you and answers. We need to be praying for power. We need to be praying for God to do a mighty work in our land and in our hearts. Anyway, so he's a man of God. And so he's doing the will of God. It's just the way that works. Verse 11. And Boaz answered and said to her, it has been fully reported to me all that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband and how you've left your father and your mother and the land of your birth and, and have come to a people whom you did not know before. The Lord repay your work and a full reward be given uh, you by the Lord God of Israel under whose wings you have come for refuge. So God saw Ruth's heart in what she did and that how she chose to honor him and she chose to honor his, her mother-in-law and she chose to make him her God and and that she's now providing for her mother-in-law who would be completely on her own without her uh, and in a really, really bad position. She's working super hard and that was before the Lord. But the things that we do before the Lord also catch the attention of the people around us. But it's, that's the important thing is it is in that order. We do it before the Lord, and as we're doing it before the Lord, the testimony of that starts to go around, and people start to hear. And then as they start to hear, um, the, the, God starts getting glory, and there starts to be a work happening. And Boaz is very impressed by young Ruth. He's impressed by what she's done and that she's come and she's left everything behind and, and uh, the land of her birth and everything and come to a people that you did whom you did not know before. And he says, the Lord repay your work and a full reward be given to the uh, given by you by the Lord God of Israel under whose wings you've come for refuge. She he recognizes that she's come to the Lord for refuge, for strength. It's important to note Elimelech left. The land, uh, you know, th this land, because he thought, oh, it's not going to work out. Nothing's going to work, whatever. He, they had taken their eyes off of the Lord and they believed that they had to go another way and, and make a new plan. Even though this was the promised land of Israel, 
that was their, where they were going. Like, we're just going to go and, and figure it out over here. Boaz stayed behind and he was a man of great wealth. And he's a farmer. Famine means no food. So God had provided for this man of faith when all the odds were stacked against him. And so he knew that this was the Lord of refuge. She's going for the same refuge. And he's like, God is going to reward you for what you're doing. He is going to bless you and reward you. She has no idea what's coming, how much bigger it's going to be than she could imagine. But she's feeling it right now that I'm, I have food like, and they're being kind to me. Well, it's about to get a lot better. <laughs> so then, um, okay. So yeah, verse 13, then she said, let me find favor in your sight, my Lord, for you have comforted me and I've spoken kindly to your maids and have spoken kindly to your maidservant, though I am not like one of your maidservants. Uh, Boaz is being used by the Lord and had the ability to use his resources and his position to comfort her. This is something I think we need to recognize is that if God has given us resources and the abilities to minister to people around us, we need to use them. For a couple of reasons. One, it keeps us from being a hoarder where we get every last piece of grain. And the other one is we God gets the glory because we get to be a part of blessing him, being his hands and feet, blessing people around us. And so she sees it as God's provision, but also this guy, Boaz, you have comforted me. You have brought me comfort. We as the church, oh, we need to be those who are comforting to the world. Uh, fear is driving a wedge in between us all. And, and it is absolutely, there's an, a tactic of the enemy in this. We do not need to fear. God parts the Red Sea. He says, Gideon, you have too many people. <laughs> he says, walk around the city and blow trumpets. He says, fight the giant using just a sling, no armor. The God that we know, we, there is no fear. Perfect love casts out fear. And that's where we need to be. We need to be using our resources not to be scared and, and try to you know only protect ourselves, but to comfort one another. The best place you could possibly be, straight in the center of the will of God. There is no better place to be than in the middle of the will of God. Boaz is doing that. He's being used. There is a blessing here. Boaz is getting a blessing too, by the way. It's coming. He's getting his blessing too. And he's already blessed. See, God doesn't say, you've had enough blessing. You, you know, he wants to give more. But it's not like what we think. Well, a lot of times we think blessing is um, just things. It's not things. It's more than that. Now, Boaz said to her at mealtime, come here and eat of the bread and dip your piece of bread in the vinegar. So she sat beside the reapers and he passed parched grain to her and she ate and was satisfied and kept some back. Wow. Like not only is she getting to get some, some grain out of the deal, she's been asked to come and eat with the workers. She's getting a meal out of it, like a real meal. And she's so pumped on the meal, but she's such a servant and she's got such a servant's heart. She brought, like kept some of the meal behind for her that she's going to bring to Naomi. She wants to hook Naomi up with food too because she knows my mother-in-law is at home and she's just waiting to see how today turns out. She will be so blessed if I can come back and bring a meal to her. Half a meal shared with someone who doesn't have one is a blessing for both parties. 
I know it's easy to say. I, I don't like splitting. I don't like someone. Sh I don't like sharing fries with people, let alone splitting a meal, especially when she's been working all day. But I have a feeling she had enough. She said she was satisfied. So uh, there you go. So she brought home some food for Naomi. Verse 15. And when she rose up to glean, Boaz commanded his young men saying, let her glean even among the sheaves and do not reproach her. Also, let grain from the bundles fall purposefully uh, for her. Leave it that she may glean and do not rebuke her. Boaz likes Ruth. <laughs> he likes Ruth and he's impressed with Ruth. And so he says, mm, yeah, okay. Yeah. Not only can you glean here and I want you to glean here. Not only am I going to feed you, I want you staying right with my people and I'm stacking the deck. You're going to be right behind us and we're, we're going to be dropping stuff so that you're going to get extra. He doesn't want her to know it, but he says, leave it for her. Like hook her up. Give this girl some good stuff. Oh, it like makes your heart joyous. It really kind of gives you, a, even like, even this is a man, but like the, the eyes of the Lord on us, the way he sees us, like I just want to bless him. In the meantime, Ruth is busting her, she's busting her back. She's working hard. She's going at this with everything she's got and God is blessing her. So she gleaned in the field until evening and beat out what she had gleaned and it was about an ephah of barley. Then she took it uh, up and went into the city and her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. So she brought out and gave to her what she had kept back after she had been satisfied. So... Ruth goes home and sees Naomi, probably ecstatic. She's got an ephah of barley, and that's about five and a half gallon container worth. That's big. So you think like a five gallon bucket, but a little more. That's a lot, especially for one day. And um, it would have been absolutely impossible to do on her own, especially in her scavenging ways that she was doing it. So that alone would have been like, Oh my goodness, she would have been so pumped to see this Naomi. But then she's like, well, guess what? I got a meal. So she pulls out the leftover meal for her. She's blessing her. Man, everyone is being blessed right now. Everyone is, is choosing to bless each other. And as they're choosing to bless and comfort and love on each other, there is a huge blessing building because of what they're doing. Like God is going to bless every. All three characters in this story in a profound way. They're all, yeah, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> and so uh, she's got this huge haul for the day, like way beyond what she should have. She gets her leftover meal. Awesome. Verse 19, and her mother-in-law said to her, where have you gleaned today? <laughs> she's like, where have you gleaned and where did you work? Blessed be the one who took notice of you. Somebody saw you. Someone took notice of you. Someone likes you, Ruth, because this is more than you should have. This is way more than you should be able to get going around the sides of the field, trying to glean off the, you know, ripping your hands up because you don't have the right tools and not, you know, this is more than you should have. Where were you? Who saw you? Who took notice of you? Who was gracious to you? So she told her mother-in-law, with whom she had worked and said, this man's name with whom I work today is Boaz. So now Naomi sees part of the story. 
she knows Boaz and she knows who he is and she knows he's a relative and she knows that that could also mean something else. And she knows that there's all of a sudden she sees more pieces coming together. And, and, uh, and so, um, Boaz probably got Naomi thinking big time, like, okay, what's going on right now? So, but what was Naomi's response? Then Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, blessed be he, uh, be he of the Lord who has not forsaken his kindness to the living and the dead. And Naomi said to her, this man is a relation of ours, one of our close relatives. Now, um, so <laughs> what's happening right now is uh, there is there is a lot going on in Naomi's mind. And she's starting to see the pieces, like I said, to the puzzle. But she is also ignited. Remember last chapter when they roll into town, everyone sees Naomi. She's been gone 10 years and they're like, is this Naomi? <laughs> I hardly recognize you. Hard years in Moab, rough times in Moab. And she, what does she say? Don't call me Naomi, call me Mara because the Lord has dealt with me bitterly. What is going on now? She says something very differently. Blessed be he of the Lord who has not forsaken his kindness to the living and the dead. She's seeing that uh, the Lord has done something here, something amazing. And she is reignited. She's alive again. She's come back to life. And this is a big thing, right? So it's amazing how you can go from being absolutely hopeless and helpless to, whoa, the future's looking good. And, and it is the Lord's hand and provision. But remember, it started with them turning away from a place where they shouldn't have been going to where they should be. And for us, man, even right now, more than ever, we need to be willing to turn away from the things we shouldn't be a part of, the things we shouldn't be a part of, the places we shouldn't go and follow him wholeheartedly and watch him bless us. Even if the road's been bitter, even if it's been bitter, in the, let him just take us and move us forward and bless us. And it doesn't mean monetarily, but it does mean with the peace and, and the plan that God is with us and he's doing something in this. Um, okay, so very there we go. Uh, verse 21, Ruth the Moabite said, he also said to me, you shall stay close by my young men until they have finished all my harvest. This is even better news because it means that, that this was not a one-time thing. This was going to continue. She was going to continue being able to go back there and work. That would have been great news for Naomi. Verse 22, and Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, it is good, my daughter, that you go out with these young women and that the people do not meet you in any other field. So she stayed close by the young women of Boaz to glean until the end of barley harvest and wheat harvest, and she dwelt with her mother-in-law. So, uh, it's Naomi knew being alone would have been extremely dangerous for her. Um, again, because she's a foreigner and she's a woman on her own. Uh, but God had set it up, and so she says, "You just keep on going to Boaz, keep on working, keep on doing what you're supposed to be doing." And and in the meantime, that's all. That, Ruth is just she's putting her hand to the plow. She's doing what God's called her to do, what, what she knows she needs to do. She keeps coming home to her, 
her uh, mother-in-law and she keeps blessing her. And next chapter, we're going to start seeing things get even better. But um, I am encouraged so much by this story because there's so many elements to it. You know, you can put yourself in all the different positions of Naomi and Ruth and, you know, being in a rough spot, not knowing where to go and, and just doing what, you know, all right, Lord, I'm going out to the fields. Like I'm desperate for you. And that is a good place to be. I want to put the work in, but I'm desperate for you. If you don't show up, we're in trouble big time, but I'm going to go out there. I'm going to work hard. Right. Uh, and then you have Boaz who, when he sees this woman, he has compassion for her and he chooses to not just like let her survive, but to bless her, to give her more than she could have ever imagined. And so we have that whole dynamic happening and behind all of that, God is doing more than either of them could have ever imagined. And remember, like I said, in this line is coming David and then the Messiah. God is at work and he is rewarding the faithfulness of Ruth and Naomi and he will reward the faithfulness of Boaz. We need to keep our eyes on the Lord. Where God guides, he provides. If he has led you somewhere, if he is calling you into a season, if do not worry. He's got it. He has us. He's able. And I think right now we're going to start seeing God do miracles. I think, I really do. I think we're going to start seeing supernatural things happening. I think God is going to start doing stuff outside of the box we will miss out on it if we walk in fear. We'll miss out on all of it, the peace, the everything that comes with it. But if we choose to honor God and follow him, use our position, use our resources to be a blessing, love on those who, who need it really, really bad and have, are struggling and can't find a way on their own and continuing to honor God in everything that we do, um, he's going to blow our minds with his faithfulness and you're not going to be without. So I want to encourage you with that, uh, this morning and, and just, let's just pray. Lord, it's just so much encouragement here in this chapter. So much to, oh Lord, how you are over it all. See, you see it all. Nothing is a surprise to you and that God, you're working in it all. And so that's where we need to be. We want to be at that place where we recognize you're working in all of this that's going on. Even in the world we're in right now, just with it's just being so crazy and there's being a division and there being so many um, hard roads to navigate. Lord, help us to be love and light in this world. Help us to, to bless people, to comfort people on your behalf when we can, as often as we can. And Lord, we pray that you would just give us your, your um, spirit your wisdom, God, the power that comes from uh, this, you know, that you give us right by your spirit to minister to people. And God, we pray that it, it would, you know, the church would be mighty and powerful right now that you'd use us, Lord, and that people would be coming to you and just like crazy that there, that there would be so much of a harvest, Lord, and that we would be able to be a part of that. So God, help us to keep our eyes fixed on you, focused on you, trusting you, and just to be in awe and amazement of everything you're doing. God, we love you. We thank you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining with us. God bless you. Have a great Sunday.